Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie back with Alan Collins. Alan, what do we say to the few proponents of student loans who say to you, nobody forced the students to borrow the money? Yeah, you know, I get that question all the time, George. And I, I can only say that Again, these are not loans like like any other loan that people um, may take out. Uh, the absence of those consumer protections that I've mentioned, uh, that is never made clear to the borrowers while they're in school. They have no idea that unlike all other loans, these loans don't have bankruptcy rights, don't have statutes of limitations. Um, they're really walked into these things like, like sheep to a slaughter. And, and they're easy loans too, aren't they? To ob- they're easy loans to obtain. Yeah, there's no underwriting for these loans. The only underwriting is, did you get accepted into the college or not? And so, you know, the numbers are just outrageous. We're seeing some colleges taking in, you know, $500 million, even more, uh, close to a billion dollars in some uh, in some cases. Uh, it's It's just easy money for the colleges. And the government is basically like a... a a broken slot machine or a broken ATM machine. And, and at the end of the day, it's the students that wind up with these debts. And I'll, I'll tell you, George, um, we have some stories that would just blow your mind. Uh, there's a woman in California. She originally borrowed $25,000 back in the nineties. She has repaid over a hundred thousand dollars on these loans. Oh my God. On a $25,000 debt. On a $25,000 debt. And the kicker is that currently she still owes $130,000. So these are hugely negatively amortizing loans, which is illegal in many states, but because they're federal loans, they get away with it apparently. Um, but th- this is the way that works. Um, you know, throwing loans, like most, most lenders do not make money on defaults. Right. It's like the worst thing for a lender. Right. Account. They're lucky to get 100 percent on the dollar. 
No, they will never, yeah. Credit cards are, are thrilled to get back even 10 cents on the dollar on a defaulted account. Well, many years and decades of White House budget data shows that the federal government is getting back well over a hundred cents on the dollar for these defaulted loans. And in more recent years, uh, because the, the federal government took over the entire lending system where the government now uh, makes the interest on the loans, defaulted loans are massively profitable for the federal government. And so these are things that kids don't know going in before they sign for the loans. And, you know, increasingly, there's a relatively new loan product, these so-called Parent Plus loans, where the parents can borrow unlimited amounts to cover the cost of their kid's college. And the Parent Plus loans are every bit as predatory as all other student loans. And so it's just it's just tragic what we're seeing these things do to not only people, but increasingly their families. Alan, if you had your wish list to do anything you wanted with student loans, what would you do? Well, the first thing that absolutely has to happen, George, is constitutional bankruptcy rights, as they exist for all other loans, have got to be returned to student loans. It's just got to happen. And not, not that not not that a student wants to declare bankruptcy, but you just want to give them that option, right? Yeah, they've got to have the leverage of bankruptcy. It's not that everybody will run out and file. Nobody wants to. But not having that protection in place, it causes just the worst sort of vicious predatory behaviors on the part of the lenders. You know, they're fish, uh, they're fish in a barrel. And so that uh, baseline right has got to be returned to student loans. And, you know, beyond that, the lending system is so, I mean, the numbers are just so uh, outrageous at this point. Um, I really think the president uh, or the secretary of education, they are going to have to cancel broad swaths of this debt. Um, how much? I don't know. Certainly more than half. Uh, but this, this is where we're at. You know, the, the government should have never been allowed to get into the lending business. Uh, Congress deserves a huge amount of blame, uh, both uh, Republicans and Democrats. Um, Joe Biden, for example, he was a surprisingly key senator back in the 1970s when they first started nicking away the bankruptcy rights from student loans. And despite all the rhetoric that you hear where he's you know, bragging about canceling loans now, the fact of the matter is that structurally the lending system remains as predatory, as hyperinflationary, and out of control as it ever has. Is it, is it going to be a presidential issue in 24? Well, I think it has to be. You know, there are 50, over 50 million student loan borrowers out there in the country, 43.4 million federal student loan borrowers. And they all vote. And with 80% of them not paying now, 85%, if not 90%, being uh, hopelessly underwater on their loans, you know, these people vote. <laughs> 40 million distressed student loan borrowers is, you know, nearly enough to elect a president. And so it kind of has to be. And, you know, right now the Republicans are, quite frankly, I'd say they've been played for fools by the Democrats. The, the rhetoric on the Democrat side makes, makes it sound like they are, you know, on the side of the borrowers. But really, that's not true. Um, but on the other side, the rhetoric coming from the Republicans, they're really just wagging their finger at the borrowers. And that certainly isn't getting them any votes. So right now, I'd say the Democrats have really um, managed to um, 
sort of snooker the Republicans on this issue. And it's, it's really too bad because this is, you know, the worst big government problem that you can point to. Uh, southern red states like Texas and Florida, the entire South really, are the worst hurt states in the nation. It should not be a partisan issue at all, George. It's just, it's really too bad the way Washington turns these, uh, you know, nonpartisan issues into partisan footballs and, it's it's just so damaging. Alan, do you blame the schools or colleges for any of this? Oh, I absolutely do. The colleges have been sitting in the catbird seat on this. And I'll tell you, George, last congressional session, there was a very good bankruptcy bill that had bipartisan support. And at the very last minute, the colleges came in very quietly but very firmly, and they put their thumb uh, on the on the scales, and they killed uh, this legislation that would have, return bankruptcy rights to the loans, and that also would have put the colleges on the hook to uh, reimburse the federal government, not a huge amount, but, you know, a a, um, non-trivial amount in the case of a bankruptcy discharge. This is very good legislation. It would have uh, allowed for, you know, the, the stabilizing of the lending system, and the colleges killed it. And so the colleges are really a dark force behind the scenes here. And uh, I can only say that they really need to be uh, taken to task. What are tenured uh, professors earning in college these days? Do you know? Oh, tenured professors do quite well. But, you know, the people really doing it's kind of a it's kind of a rich man, poor man thing at, at colleges. You've got a few tenured professors that make large amounts. You have college presidents that make just exorbitant amounts. Um, but most of the teaching goes on at the adjunct level. So you've got a whole other tier of professors, and they don't make much at all. In fact, many of them uh, wind up on public assistance of one sort or another, and uh, they're paid essentially um, essentially very, very little, I'll just say. When you're not a tenured professor, you really um, you're the you're the slave uh, rowing the oars under the boat, and you you know get not much more to not much more than to what you need to feed yourself with. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. 
It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Has some of this money, Alan, gone to paying the fees for college football coaches and their sports programs and things like oh, that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I can. I don't want to start naming school names, but, <laughs> you know, the, um, sort of, well, my alma mater, USC, I guess I will name a name, um, they take in about $100 billion a year. Yeah, or sorry, a hundred million dollars a year in student loan uh, money. Uh, Liberty Liberty University, which uh, cracked the top twenty-five national rankings, got a great football team this year. They take in nearly five uh, hundred million dollars. Jeez! So we're talking some real money here, and um, I can only say it's uh, the colleges need to really, and college presidents in particular, really need to come clean about this issue because you know this is their alumni. These are people that would hopefully be donating to them at some point out of the goodness of their heart rather than having just vast sums of uh, wealth extracted from them by the federal government under this lending program. You know, colleges are supposed to have, uh, you know, a, um, a public community uh, mission statement. And what we're seeing now is they are fleecing the very communities they're supposed to be serving. We're taking your calls next hour with Alan about the student loan situation. Give us another story, another example, Alan. Oh, geez, I've got so many. So there's a guy, Chris, uh, lives here in Wisconsin where I am, and uh, he borrowed $70,000. Again, this is back in the 90s. Um, uh, he was never able to really work in the profession that he was trained for in college. And today he, he has repaid. Well, as of six months ago, he had repaid $190,000 on $70,000 in loans, and he still owed $235,000. And the real irony, the real sore point with Chris's story is that he is now a cook at a college. And so things have come uh, full circle, kind of like the adjunct professors. Chris has winded up, wound up serving the master that enslaved him in the first place in debt. It's very, um, very sad. It's a nightmare for him. Yeah, you know, and I, I could even get more uh, brutal here, George. You know, there's a, there's a family in Oklahoma, and I'm not going to, I'm going to spare your audience the details, but suffice it to say, this family had deep debt. They attempted to discharge their loans in bankruptcy. 
They were clearly mis- misled by an attorney that probably just wanted the bankruptcy filing fee. Right, right. So he told them that he could get them a discharge. Well, they found out, like 99.9% of everyone does in bankruptcy, that student loans are uniquely non-dischargeable. And the tragedy that ensued, it was a, it was a suicide, but you know, oh. perished. Um, Sad. a burning house. And I, I'm just, um, it was just the saddest thing in the world. And it was so preventable, you know. The, as I said, the founding fathers called for bankruptcy laws ahead of the power to raise an army and declare war in the Constitution. And the fact that these have been stripped uniquely from student loans for no good reason at all. Uh, it, it just, uh, you know, we're seeing tragedies now. And, you know, now that the loans are turned back on after over three years of this repayment pause, I'm very worried about what we uh, what we might see here in the coming year. That's a good point. Who is servicing these loans? Yeah, well, it used to be that there was, you know, Sally May was the king of king of the uh, king of the castle, um, and there was other companies like Nelnet, uh, um, Great Lakes Higher Education, the Pennsylvania Higher Education Assistance Agency. Um, these were the companies that were uh, that are serving servicing the loans today. They are the former lenders of yesterday. So back before the government took over the program, uh, there was the, le- the big lenders on the block. Well, now those lenders are still in the program as servicers. Uh, and so there's a new Texas uh, company uh, out there, AidVantage. Um, there's just sort of a... There used to be Navient. Is that still around? Yeah, so, well, Navient is also, was a servicer. They tried to quit... And apparently they're now back into the system again. So these are all very predatory, very bad faith actors with most of the time privately held companies with shareholders. Um, they have a huge profit motive. And because they are no longer making the interest on the loans as lenders, rather uh, because they are only servicers today, they have an even greater increased and I would say perverse incentive for loans to go into default because defaulted loans can be a huge moneymaker for these people. Uh, there's something called loan rehabilitation, which I do not recommend, by the way, where you can, uh, you can go through a payment process and then you wind up signing for a new, much larger loan in the case of a default. So you cure your default, but you wind up signing for a much larger loan. These come with a commission on them of about 16%. So you can imagine if you, wow. if you default on a $50,000 loan and then rehabilitate it and wind up signing for a brand new shiny $100,000 rehabilitated loan, whoever gets you to do that is going to get a $16,000 paycheck from the government. And so um, it's a, just an incredibly predatory, very profitable uh, avenue for the servicers uh, to make money. And, you know, these are the people that are processing payments. So you can imagine that, you know, the more they baffle and bamboozle the borrowers and sort of compel them into default, the more money they can make. And so this is just the worst of all worlds. Do they make money on defaulted loans that get bought out by other companies at a, at a discount? 
No, not for federal student loans. That's a little bit of a misconception out there. Um, the, the federal uh, student loan portfolio is not bought and sold on Wall Street. Now, for private student loans, fully private student loans, where you go to the bank, they give you a loan, no government involvement at all, um, there is a fairly small market where that where that goes on. Um, and I know, you know, there's some groups out there that, they make a big selling point out of buying these uh, defaulted private loans for pennies on the dollar and then canceling the debt. But um, it's a completely different animal. It doesn't happen for federal student loans. And the one good thing I'll say about private loans, George, for the benefit of your listeners, is unlike federal student loans, private loans do have statutes of limitations. So depending on the state where you're in, it could be five years, seven years. Right. Um, right. After your last payment or something like that. After your last payment, right. It's a length of time uh, beyond which the loans become legally unenforceable. So that's one of the good things if you happen to have fully private student loans. But if you have federal student loans, there's no running. There's no hiding. They can chase you for the rest of your life. They can garnish your Social Security they can garnish your wages without a court order currently. Um, they can get your professional license suspended. They can even get your driver's license suspended in some states. It's uh, it's just a feeding frenzy. It's a predatory feeding frenzy out there, and it's just wrecking, it's wrecking way more lives than it's helping. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.